Bible says in Ephesians 4.16, it says, uh, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Talking about we, the church, you are the body of Christ now. He says it makes the whole body fit together as each part does its own special work. So everybody, you, you, you have a relationship with Jesus. You are one of those parts. Each part has its own special work. It helps, your part helps the other parts grow. So apparently you have something I need. Apparently I have something you need. We need each other. Helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Truth, community in God's family is not optional. You cannot want another alone. You may like to be alone. You may even prefer it. Introverts in the room, hello, amen. But we still need others. So do me a favor, take a look at your partner. Take a look at your partner. Look at him and say, you're weird. Now look back at him and say, I'm not weird. I'm different. I'm not weird. I'm different. All right. Now, um, you can go ahead and be seated. But before you be seated, say hello to three, four, five people. You could tell them uh, you look weird, but I like you. Um, thank you, guys. <laughs> Say hello to our online family, Freedom Church Online. Thank you for joining in today. I can't see you. You might look weird in your PJs watching from home, but that's okay. I still like you. I'm not weird. I'm different. Um, I'm okay with that. We're in a series called Friendship, week two of our series called Friendship. And kind of the whole idea that we're talking about is community, but the, we, we set this out last week as a kind of a review. You can't fulfill God's purposes for, your, for yourself, for your life, by yourself. You just simply can't. You, can't, you, you can try, but God has put you in um, not only a, a, like a physical family, like your, your blood family, but he, he has given you something that's going to last much longer than your physical family. He, he said, we are, you have a spiritual family. You are sons and daughter of the Most High King. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're family, and you cannot fulfill your purposes for your life by yourself. And we looked last week, just as a quick review, all these one another's. Like the, the, the Bible is very clear. It's like love one another, serve one another, be devoted to one another, accept one another. Uh, we're not going to kiss one another, as it says at the last one. But all these one another's, you can't one another by yourself. I'm just going to do the, me, myself, and I. Like, you can do that, but you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on what God has called you to in life. And, and friendship, that's what we're calling this series, Building Relationships and Friendships, specifically kind of talking about right here in Los Alamos. How do I make a friend in Los Alamos? Because for a lot of us, we may say, I'm fine. I don't need any friends. I'm good. I like the way that things are going. But when, when God created Adam and Eve, and he's, he's like, or he created everything in Genesis, he's like, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Then he creates man. He says, it's good. And then the first not good comes out of God's mouth. He's like, it is not good for man to be alone. It is wired in your DNA. Why is it wired in your DNA? Because you're made in the image of God. Well, what does that mean? You're made in the image of God. Well, what's God? God is the Trinity, three in one. 
You got God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, Jesus Christ. Three in one. I don't know how it works. I can't explain it. Except they're in perfect unity and in relationship together. Giving and serving one another and receiving like they're in relationship. So it is it wired in us because that's God inside of you to be in relationship with one another. Now, all that to say, we can talk about, hey, this is, you know, God's design. But let me tell you something. You're difficult. <laughs> let me put that another way. I'm difficult. Relationships are hard because you're different. We're different. It's probably why we struggle with them so much. We want it. It's wired in us, but it is hard because we're different. Let's just go with this. Best breakfast burrito in Los Alamos. What do you got? Chili Works? El Parasol? Which one at Chili Works? The Brick. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, we got El Parasol. What else? Chili Works. Burrito Ranchero, Violas, anybody? Bacon Green? Lotta Burger? Oh, man. Oh, okay, you got to go off the hill for that. All right, we're all over the place, all right? Breakfast burritos. But, and it's not wrong. We're just different. The Hilltopper at Morning Glory is good, too. It's got some peppers in there. I like that one as well. Get it toasted. Um, all right? But it, we're, we're different even with your spouse. If you're married here, um, your spouse is not your enemy, okay? Just look at me. Look at me. Don't look at them. Look at me. If you're married, look at me and just say, my spouse is not my enemy, all right? Same team, just different. Same team, just different. They were not born and placed on this planet to make you miserable, all right? All right? They, same team, just different. But sometimes we have, to, we have to deal with this. I mean, just for example, guys, if, if your wife says, hey, I'll be ready in five minutes, all right? I'll be downstairs and ready in five minutes. Translation, you guys, you understand what this means because it's the same thing when she asks you, how much time is left in the game? And you say, there's five minutes left in the game, right? The, you know, you know, if she says you got five minutes to get ready, you got time to mow the lawn, you got time to, to, to clean the car, change the oil, maybe even do your taxes, all right? You can, you can, you can not wrong, just different on how we, we manage uh, time, um, Women might say, hey, you know, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Or just do whatever you want. Guys, you know when you get the, well, I'm fine, or just, yeah, just do whatever you want. You know you're, they're not just fine, and no, you cannot do just whatever you want. Why? Because women, when it comes to feelings, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, it is all over their body. Like it is just radiating and oozing from them that no, feel, you know what they're feeling even though they don't say it. Now, guys, when you ask, how do you feel? Sometimes trying to get an emotion out of a guy is like trying to extract a kidney stone from someone. Like, you don't know, what, how are you feeling? Nothing. That's what you, like, you get, it's like, I am not feeling anything today. Like, it, it, it can be hard. We're not wrong, just different. Not wrong, just different. It can be hard sometimes when, when we're dealing with all of these differences. Um, I know for us, I had to learn this early on in marriage. We're talking about different things. And my, when, when Rita wants to talk about something and maybe there's a problem going on, I didn't realize this, but she didn't want me to solve it. Like she had a problem 
and she didn't want me to solve it. What in the heck is that? She wanted me to listen. Just listen. I'm like, what, what, why, why, why? I had to learn. We've been married for 17. We're, we're, we're shooting for 18. And, and, and it's not wrong. It's just different. We, and just even in our own families, it can be difficult. Now we got to party with the rest of the church and everybody else, my spiritual family, and we're all across the board. Some of you guys, you grew up in a church that had steeple and pews. Some of you guys had a church that had chairs or we meet in a gym. Some of you guys grew up in a church where they had a piano and an organ going on. Some of you guys grew up in a church where there was a full band and lights and a whole lot of stuff. Some of y'all grew up in church where you had a pastor wearing ripped jeans and his t-shirt. Some of you guys went to a church where they got to dress up in a robe and you thought maybe there's a lightsaber under there because they're a Jedi or something. Like, it's awesome. I kind of want to do that one time. Um, we have a lot of different things. Some of you guys grew up, you didn't grow up in a church. And we have all of these different experiences and backgrounds um, we have all of this baggage from our own family and relationships and things that are growing, growing up. Different things trigger us in church. Different things trigger us just in life and relationships, and it makes it hard. So we're going to, uh, in this series, we're talking about friendships, but today I kind of want to talk about the fact that we're different, and different makes it hard. But different might be by design as well. The first disciples, the original 12, quite the diverse group of guys that Jesus says, hey, I'm going to launch this worldwide movement with just this small group of guys, and we're going to go change civilization as we know it through these 12 guys. You have illiterate fishermen in this group. You have zealots who want to overtake the government and strike it down. You got tax collectors who are traitors and the most hated in the room. You got skeptics. You got doubters. You got guys you don't even know their names. They're just kind of the hidden guys that kind of just no name guys over there, too. They're all in this room. It's like, these are the guys. These are the ones. These are selected. Follow me and let's go. And you would see in the Gospels as you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the eyewitness accounts, some of these guys wrote their eyewitness accounts or, or like in Mark. We think that was Peter, so we think Mark talked to Peter, and, uh, or Peter talked to Mark, and Mark wrote it down, so you get Peter's account. But you see within this Jesus being like, ah, these guys, are you kidding me? Like, at one point, he's like, are you still so dull? Like, do you not get it? Like, I, do you not understand that I, when I just fed the 5,000, and you're stressed about food, over here. Like, did you not just see what I just did? Like, do we got to do this? Or he would rebuke them. He told Peter one time, he, he's like, get behind me, Satan. Like, and I, I can't think of anything more harsh for Jesus to come and be like, man, you're on team Satan right now. Like, get behind me. But he was always having to work on these guys and they're, they're always fighting. Well, I want to do a look at one of these scenes with these disciples. Um, and kind of see how did they work together in some of this, and how does that apply to us on us helping other people in our lives today? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be camping out in Mark 10, but I want to set the scene in John 11. All right, the tension is high. The tension and stress is high. Jesus is making 
his trip to Jerusalem to die on a cross, all right? He's had his time in ministry. He had his time going, and now he's like, this is it, all right? We are headed to Jerusalem. Right before he did this, he had healed Lazarus, all right? We talk about dead people coming alive, and we don't ever see that. Well, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, all right? And people were freaking out, as we all would. Dead man, alive. And people started believing in Jesus. Now, if you're a skeptic of Christianity, um, one of the things I love about Christianity is that it is evidence-based. Why do we follow Jesus? Because you have eyewitness accounts written around the time of other eyewitnesses, and they saw a dead man come alive again, Jesus. And that sparked Christianity. It wasn't just some good idea. It was always evidence-based. So you can go back and look at the evidence and see, I think this really happened and it changed everything. Well, before Jesus rose from the dead, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And the leaders of that time said, if we allow him, Jesus, to go on like this, soon everyone's going to believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy our temple and our nation. Now, we talked about politics a couple weeks ago and people putting politics and, and, and things above faith, and you see that happening right here. They're trying to protect their nation. They're trying to protect their power and their stuff and their status here, and it does not go well for them. So you see the stage is set here. Tension's high. Jesus knows the time's at an end. Everybody's looking for Jesus. People want to be around him because he's healing, people want to be around him because something's happening, and people want to kill him. They want to get close to him, and they want to kill him. They want to get rid of him. A lot of momentum. They're on the edge of greatness. You can see his disciples who've been fighting. They're like, yes, this is the time. Now, they wanted political power, too. They wanted political change. They didn't quite understand it. So watch this. Watch this. Jesus says in verse 33 of Mark 10, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man, me, that's his nickname, the Son of Man will be betrayed by the leading priests and teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit him, flog him with a whip, and kill him, but after three days he will rise again. All right, so he plainly tells them kind of what's going to happen. They still don't understand it, as we'll see in a minute, but you're kind of thinking, like, this is fourth quarter, all right? Like, it's in the bag. Jesus just took a dead guy and raised him to life. Like, momentum couldn't be higher. Victory, we're sensing it. Uh, Brian, I see you here. This is like the Falcons in the fourth quarter against Tom Brady. You would think, hey, this thing is over, but oh, wait, here comes Tom Brady, and we're going to win the, 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 the Super Bowl. But Jesus does it in a weird way. He says, guys, look, we're going to lose badly here. But don't worry, because we win. <laughs> I, I would be completely confused too. What, Jesus? No way. Like, everybody's on our side. There's nothing you can't do. Even if they come against us, man, like you could just raise us all up to life again and we'll be good to go. So you can imagine what their brains are thinking. And first century Jews, not too far away from you and I on seeking power, on seeking fame or popularity or success or want to be like, because look what they do. James and John, just um, 
One verse later, verse 35, next verse. Then James and John, it's like they didn't even hear what Jesus said. The sons of Zebedee came over and spoke to him. Teacher, we want you to do us a favor. What's your request, Jesus asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in the places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Jesus, you're great. Greatness is about to happen. Can I have a position of greatness right next to you? Can I have the top spot right next to you? Can I, can I do that? Now, before we uh, like scowl at James and John for being so selfish, uh, we kind of do this too sometimes in our own prayer time, and it's not bad to make requests of God, but we'll be like, God, you're so great. You're you're amazing. You're awesome. You've created everything. You're with, like, it's all this stuff. Okay, but enough of that. Can we talk about what you can do for me right now? Like, I want you to just do this and this and this, and it becomes this me-centered thing. And I'm okay with bringing requests to God, but it's, the world doesn't revolve around me. My, 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 my thing is about him and his kingdom. So we, we can get on this. Now, the other disciples, they're in the room, <laughs> and they hear about this. Verse 41, because they kind of have this conversation. Jesus is like, I don't think you know what you're asking. I don't think you know what you're talking about or whatever, and, and they're trying to convince him. Then the other guys come in. It says, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant, all right? They were hot. They were not happy. Hey, what are these guys trying to do, these jokers? We got momentum all on our side, and now they're trying to sneak up and gain status and power behind our backs? Like, we want that. <laughs> so they, they're getting ready to go. Now, what's the context of this? Jesus is headed to Jerusalem about to die. And here's his core team that he's been investing in for three years at each other's throats. Saying, I want to be on top. No, I want to be on top. What are you doing? I can't believe this. And you're like, ah! Start over. Just start. Like, can you imagine? Team huddle. Time out. This is the coach just coming. Time out. And they get a team huddle. Eyes rolling. I'm moments from entering in. I'm going to be gone, guys. And this is where we're at. So Jesus calls them together and he said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And the officials flaunt their authority over those who are under them. And the guys are like, yeah, that's why we want to be on top. We know how this works. One of my favorite verses in scripture, if you don't get anything out of this, out of today, get this. Among you, it will be different. Different. Some of your translations say not so with you. You are called as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, you are called to be different than this world. You know how the world works. You know how your flesh works and how it naturally wants to go. But among you, it will be different. And then if you didn't understand what that means, he gets real specific. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servants. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to everyone. 
For the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Everybody say different. You were called to be different. Among you, it will be different. Jesus' movement, the church, the ecclesia, as it's called in Greek, was designed to be different. It was to be used with a different purpose. You want to be great in life. You're going to have to live different. You want, to, you want to have a great marriage, you're going to have to do something different than what the world wants you to do. You want to be great with your finances. You're going to have to live different than what you think or expect or how, to, how this world works. It's going to have to be different. Hey, guys, you want to be great? And all the guys are like, yeah, yeah, pick me, pick me. I want to be great. Okay, you must be a servant. Hands go down. <laughs> uh, what? Because I know servants. Like, I actually know servants in their names, Jesus. They got to go to the back of the line. And then, he, then he, he's like, Let, let's go a little bit more. You know, you know servants. You know their names. You want to be first? You got to be a slave. Oh. Like, can we go back to servants? Maybe they, they even got paid. Like slaves aren't even, they don't they get nothing. Jesus came to replace everything with something different. And his culture, what Jesus was tra trying to create with his church, the ecclesia, the gathering of believers, was something different. A family, different backgrounds. Tons of baggage, but a place to belong. Where the differences were designed to be a movement to cross boundaries, physical boundaries, social boundaries, spiritual boundaries, where they were designed to be on mission together. Where now, all of a sudden, where a slave was a piece of property, they were, they were on equal footing with everyone. Everybody had dignity. Everybody was loved by God. And this was, this was disgusting to their culture. How could you have anything to do with these people or things? But it was so attractive and it changed the world when they got it. I mean, these guys were racist. They hated Samaritans. They hated Gentiles. They couldn't be anywhere around them. And now Jesus is saying they're all in. It changed everything when, when Jesus started doing this. And so for us, it is no different that we are designed to be in relationship with one another. I need you. You need me. We need each other. But I need to know that God has gifted me to not just be about me and my family. If I want to just be an average family, then the breaks are just going to be me, Rita, and our two boys, and we take care of our family, and we do that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's more than that that God has for you and your purpose in your life. If you want to be an awesome family, one that, got, that is thriving, you're going to be more than just your family. You're going to be with other families too. Living this thing out. We don't just care about ourselves. Anybody can do that. 
the secret in life is that you care about more than just yourself and your family. And God's trying to help us understand it. It goes so against what we're naturally taught. We just think about us and how we can take care of us. And it sounds a little bit un-American to just, we're such an individualistic society. I want to be financially independent. I just want to be independent. I don't need any help. I can do it. And God's saying, that's not how I did it. That's not how I created it. I created a community. I designed community to be the, th- the antidote for your loneliness. I designed community to help you when you are fatigued, when you are depressed, when you are overwhelmed. It is meant, your family is meant to encourage you and help give you hope during those times. I've meant all of these things to, get, to come together in this, in this thing. So we said last week, how do I make friends in Los Alamos? This is, the, this is the series. How do I make friends? Well, we started with I need others. And just a quick review, we said, hey, you got to go because you need other people. But guess what? Friendship doesn't just happen. That magical unicorn doesn't exist. It's not just going to come out of thin air. Making a friend takes time. You're going to need to put in 80 to 100 hours of work, of time together just to make a friend. If you want to go ride or die friend, I'm going to kind of bring these stats up quite a bit because I want you to understand it doesn't just happen. If you want a really close tight bond, the stats would say that about two, you need 200 hours logged together, spending time together. Um, you need to take time. You also need to start where you're at. Stats would say you probably have a village of people, a circle of people about 100 to 150 that you kind of know that are in that range of friend. But if you really want to uh, build that friend, you got to spend time with them. But out of the 100, 150, um, you probably have people that you know that you can, hey, this person mentors me. This person challenges me. This person encourages me. This person laughs. Like, start where you're at. You, you, can, you have people within you that you can use to make a friend. And then the third thing we said last week was be present. Like, there is a power in presence. When you are here, the ministry of presence is real, and it is powerful to be able to show up and face, be face-to-face. When we, when we say at, at, in, in this church, we say we honor the table. We honor the table. Like when you're sitting at a table with somebody, uh, eating a meal, having a coffee, or just sitting down, like you can build relationships. And, and that happens outside of here. Like I'm kind of convinced that the Satan, your enemy, he would love for, he's okay with you being a Christian in here. He, he's like, hey, in here, the, like, okay, yeah, there's some things happening or whatever, but I really don't want them to be a Christian out there. Because that's where something powerful is going to happen. You're going to, like, this is a crowd, and I'm okay with this. We're going to encourage you. We're going to challenge. We're going to inspire. But when you get with a community of believers together, and you build relationship, and you're getting to know one another, and understand, and pray over one another, and just get in study, and grow together, and you're on mission, and you're serving together, that's something that changes the world. That's something that God starts to use and just amazingly abundantly more. So when we talk about getting in a group or getting with other believers and different things like that, like I think that's where the real power and strength of this church lies. It's not just getting together for a Bible study. There's something bigger. There's something more. So today, instead of I need others, which we need that, I'm going to flip it and say others need me. Jesus is saying, give your life away. You can't accomplish your purpose by yourself because your purpose is outside of you. And maybe for some of us, the biggest trick is that we are in the way. 
We are in our own way from what we want. When it comes to building relationships and friendships, we are in our own way when it comes to fulfilling our own purposes because it's not about us. Peter, when they had this Passover meal, we read it last year, last week when we did the Lord's Supper, right before they had this, Jesus got his guys together, his last meal. He's in Jerusalem. He's about ready to get arrested that night. And before he does that, he gives them a little pop quiz. He had just told them, guys, if you want to be first, you got to be a slave. And so Jesus has his guys in the room. He has all power and authority is given to him. And he's getting ready to spend his last few words, his last few moments with this group of guys together. And if you know the scene, it's in John, I think, 13. He grabs a towel. And he takes the position of a slave, and he washes their feet. Now, you can imagine the guys, because they know exactly what he's doing, because he just said it a few days before or whatever. It's like, oh crap, I forgot we were going to have a pop quiz, and I did not take the time to become a slave and serve my brothers. And here's our leader again, teaching and modeling us again what it means and what this church is to be about is to serve other people, and here he is doing it again. And Peter gets in the way. Because sometimes what we want, we are our biggest obstacle. Peter wants to be with Jesus and wants to serve him. He thinks he's doing something great. And he says, no, you're never going to wash my feet, Jesus. To which Jesus replies, unless I do this, you don't have anything to do with me. Sometimes we get in our own way. What would happen in your family? What would happen in Los Alamos? What would happen in our nation if just the Christians got this? That life is not about me. That I, I am valued, I am loved, I have purpose and worth, and there's something that God has gifted me to give away. These guys, they got it. You read the book of Acts, and they finally got it. In Acts chapter 6, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but these Gentile women, were, they, they were these widows. They weren't getting served. They needed help. And you had the Jewish uh, uh, widows, and they were getting favor over the Gentile women. And so they started, all the disciples, they started helping these these, these women in this, uh, I don't know if it's a feeding program, I can't remember what, but they're helping them out. But they eventually came to a point in Acts chapter 6, they said, listen, God has dedicated us to preach and teach the gospel and go, and yet we're doing this kind of feeding, serving program, which is good, but it's distracting us from what we're called to do. And so they, they called deacons. They said, let's get more people to help. What was cool about that moment, the church came together and they got other people to help. But those guys who were so busy about who can serve me and my status and what can I do, they were working so hard to serve other people, you couldn't pry the serving tray away from them. They're like, this is what Jesus told us to do. So we're going to try to do it as best as we can. Oh, wait, but he wants us to do something else. And so we need help. This church, they got it. And it says when they got it, people's lives were changed. The community changed. And we know the end of the story. The world changed. Now, was it all rainbows and unicorns? No, Peter got executed. They all got executed. 
but they serve the mission the entire time. What would happen if the Christians just embraced this? Each of you, it says in 1 Peter, Peter says this, God has given each of you, insert your name right there. God has given, say it out loud, your name. God has given Mike a gift. Let's say that again. I don't believe you guys believe it. God has given, there you go, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then look at this. Look, 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 look. When you use your gift to help other people, this is what I want. Then everything you do will bring glory to God. I want my life to bring glory to God. He says, you got a gift. Use it. It is not for you. It is for somebody else. And when you start to realize that and see that and you use your gifts, why we're talking about friendship. You're talking about friendship. When I give my, when I see I need others, so I got to put myself in a relationship with other people, okay? So I'm going to go do that. But then I also understand when I get in a relationship with somebody, that relationship, that friendship is not about me. <laughs> Everything in the relationship. So I know, hey, I'm going to bring something to this relationship and you're going to see that relationship and that bond grow when it's not all about you. You've been around the person who's all about them and you want nothing to do with them. I, other people, need me. Introverts, introverts, listen. Here's a, here's a key tip for you. When you're in friendships with other people, you don't really have to talk a whole lot. All right? Go back to the problem-solving thing. One of the best things you can be as a friend is a good listener. Just listening. What is it that is natural for us when we are talking and in a conversation? I am waiting for you to finish your sentence so I can fill it in with something about me or something funny or something else. We got to do something different, which is typically and listen to people and have care and compassion and really see what's going on in their lives. Some of you today, this is what the one thing, one of the things that God told me to tell you. Some of you right now, you're, you hear this, other people need me, but your roadblock right now is failure. I can't do this because I have failed in this moral arena. I can't do this because I'm not good enough I'm not, I can't do this because I haven't really, like, I can't pray for someone down here because I still have this junk in my life. I haven't reached this level of spirituality yet, so I can't do this. Where is that in Scripture? Quite honestly, your failures, when you look at Scripture, typically are the things that God wants to use. They're actually the things that were designed by God, he has gifted to you to say, that thing right there that you're saying, that's the reason God can't use me, that's the actual thing that he wants to use, so he gets the glory, and he gets all, you know, the, the credit of it, and you get to give him glory and show that thing off. I have this failure in my life, but it's the strength and power of God that is pushing me through on the other side. 
Don't let your failure be your obstacle. Don't let the fact that you're an introvert be your obstacle from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And when Jesus got done washing the feet of his disciples and serving them, he says, now that you know these things, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Doing them. You know this. Everything I've said today, you know. <laughs> I'm not coming up with anything fresh or new. All right? You know these things. Los Alamos, uh, we know a lot of stuff. The blessing comes in doing. And doing is hard because we're different. But those differences, I promise you, are designed by God to be a movement in Los Alamos. So what am I saying as we close out? Church, I want to build strong relationships. <clears throat> it's hard. It's messy. Um, and in and, and the coming weeks, all right, we're going to have a potluck lunch next week. The next three weeks, we're going to talk about friendship. I want to talk about how do we deal with conflict, all right? Because what hap what's normal in normal church world? We have conflict, someone says something, pastor says something, we don't like it, we fight, and then we leave. Somebody leaves, or we all leave. I want to I talk about how conflict can actually be the thing, one of the ingredients we need for healthy friendships. Like if we, it's an ingredient for a deep friendship. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about baggage, because you got baggage. <laughs> I got baggage. And we bring that into a friendship. And I want to I be able to have healthy friendships, but we got to deal with our junk. I want to talk about how to be vulnerable. You need vulnerability to create relationships. And so many of us, we're, let's be honest, we're just surface level here. And it's okay, because here's a crowd. I'm not trying to get into all your, all, your, all your junk and stuff. But when we honor the table, now I have opportunity to be real and open up. And we need to know how to be vulnerable. And, and deal with some of the shame and the dark areas of our life and receive encouragement and strength from other people. So that's where we're headed, all right? This is all like week one and week two are a giant intro for some really good stuff in the coming month, all right? And so that's where I want to go with this. I want you to hang out with us and, and deal with these friendship things because I really think God's doing something. So can we stand and close out here today? Let's stand. I want to I solidify some things. Jesus, I thank you that you're, you're here and you're with us. I thank you that you're like crystal clear on these relationship things. <laughs> you, you have designed us to be in community with other people, yet at the same time, we naturally just want to stick to ourselves. I get it. I get it. The, I, football season's coming up. What do I naturally want to do? I want to stay home and watch football. At the same time, I know that's not what I really want. I want to live in relationship with my creator and I want to live in a thriving relationship where I'm on fire for Jesus and I'm living out a purpose. There's more to life. And that's what you're pointing out to these guys. There's more to life than popularity. There's more to life than success. There's more to life than career. There's more to life than being on top with the power. There's more to life than finances. Guys, 
If you want greatness, you will be about other people among you. It will be different. God, I pray that we are a different church after today. The enemy wants this message to stay in the house. He will attack us as soon as we leave to distract us and divide us, discourage us, to get us off focus on all the other things. Seal this in today, Jesus. Holy Spirit, seal this message in that we are to go live this thing out. Church is not a game. Eternity's on the line. There's someone in our circle that needs Jesus through us. Help us to get over ourselves. Help us to get over our failures. Help us to get over our personality and just follow you wherever you go. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.